Thanks for joining us for this episode of Coffee with Closers, where business leaders share insights on how to build businesses from the ground up and best practices for innovating in their industry. Hey, Matt, thanks for joining me. Certainly thanks appreciate the opportunity. Me. So I know you're in the, in the corporate law space. Um, you've been in the, the larger corporations, and then you went on to start your own uh, firm quite some time ago. For the audience that really don't know about you, can you share a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so um, the first thing I always tell people is I'm a triplet, and I have two sisters, and all three of us are lawyers. And um, my, my sisters and I went to high school, college, and law school together uh, for very different reasons. I always, I always tell people that uh, it, it's the same destination, different paths. Uh, we did not plan on this. We didn't think that this was going to, to happen, and it, it did happen. And so um, once we came out of law school, my, my sister Catherine always knew that she wanted to work in my, my dad's law firm. Um, my dad's chairman of a midsize commercial law firm here in the city. And so she went that direction. After tinkering around at a few little other law firm shops, my, my sister uh, Christina had started her own law firm and I was still looking for, for the right fit. And I was helping her uh, with her practice because uh, when you go to law school, they teach you to think like a lawyer and that's about it. Mm -hmm. So you don't learn how to run a law practice, run a business, get clients, do a lot of the work. And so it was a lot of uh, navigating through the dark for the first few years. So I started with my, my sister back in 2011. The first two years we were practicing was, uh, we primarily focused on civil litigation. So we took on a bunch of different court cases that we could get that involved uh, labor and employment, some, some business litigation, some uh, workers' comp litigation, guardianship and probate. And we really found that we weren't fulfilled doing much of that work. And we talked to each other after about two years. We, we both kind of knew we weren't happy. And my sister um, said to me, well, what do, you, what do you propose? What do you want to do? And I said, well, I have this idea. We enjoy the business litigation. We, we do like representing business owners and businesses in the event that there's a contract that's been breached or they want to enforce their rights. If there's a, a fraud or breach of fiduciary duty, uh, shareholder disputes, partner disputes. So how do we get more of that work? Well, what if we start doing transactional work for small businesses? And um, we, we form this partnership with them and, and uh, if in the event that they get sued or want to sue somebody, they'll just come to us. And my sister said, that sounds great, but we need to learn how to do the corporate transactional work. And I said, well, one great quality of, uh, I, I think of good attorneys is they're resourceful. And so we sort of embarked on this journey um, about six years ago to start doing the corporate work. And it started small and slowly evolved into what it is today, where I, I tell people the simplest way to describe what we do is we are outside general counsel for a number of small, medium-sized companies. So we're the, the legal arm of our clients' businesses. And I personally serve um, as the bookends of our practice. So I do a lot of startup work with a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners where I assist them with, um, you know, they come up to me with a concept or a service uh, that they'd like to provide, a, a product they're creating, something they need to protect. And we assist them creating the entity, structuring the equity, uh, dealing with the corporate documents. And then we get them started with a lot of their commercial agreements that they need 
protecting their intellectual property. They, they will uh, typically, as they grow, call us and say, hey, I'd like to bring on some employees or some contractors. I'd like to do that responsibly. We help them mitigate risk. And then on the back end, uh, we do a lot of complex transactional work and M&A work. So my clients that like to uh, serially purchase or sell companies, um, we do a lot of that. When, when clients are either offering uh, equity to, to new members or uh, shareholders or taking it back, we do those types of transactions. And uh, about a third of our practice is still focused on business litigation. And uh, one thing I tell a lot of uh, folks is we offer a unique perspective because I've been told for eight years or 10 years um, you can't do both. You can't do transactional work and you can't do litigation at the same time. And I disagree with that notion because I personally think our experience in the courtroom informs our knowledge on the front end on how to properly draft a lot of agreements because we've seen the end result of certain types of you know, um, ambiguous language in a contract, uh, things not being memorialized properly or done uh, the, the correct way, and then you see the, uh, the end result in court we offer that unique perspective. So I think that that fairly summarizes what we do. Yeah, I appreciate that overview. Obviously you're working with your two, I mean you have two siblings that are in, in, in the law, but you have one sister that you're, you're, you're doing the practice together. So what is the dynamics like, you know, working with your, with your sister? So um, it's, it, it can be surprising for people if they come into our office because we are incredibly blunt with each other. Mm -hmm. um, I personally really like having the ability to um, be explicit in my communication with my partner where I don't have to beat around the bush. Um, there's no resentment that builds up. It's not like if, if uh, my sister's frustrated or I'm frustrated and something happens and I mm -hmm. go home and I think about it and rue about it, it doesn't happen. But we work really well together. Uh, funny enough, we took a... Uh, one of those strength finders tests a few years ago, and the results came back and, and showed us that we are ideal work partners, hmm. um, our, our personality types. And I thought that was kind of funny because I've always felt that way. And there's this implicit level of trust with my sister where, you know, we, we don't need to focus on the politics of, of the business. We can focus on doing the good work and really uh, enjoying what we do together because we don't have to worry about that other stuff. Mm -hmm. That's awesome to hear. Sometimes the opposite is, you know, is what I've heard when, you know, two siblings go into work, you know, or even just family members doing business together often doesn't really end well because of Absolutely. You know, how it goes. Yeah. I, I could tell you I, I have some family-owned business clients and it does not always uh, work out well. Mm -hmm. So obviously you said the law firm didn't prepare you for the business world. They prepared you for how to be a good attorney. Um, so what are some of the lessons you've learned trying to build a practice of your own? Now you said it's about eight years that you're running it. Like what are some of the key lessons you've learned building a business? So the, the first three years were difficult because until you understand the importance of developing relationships with people that are authentic and genuine, I always wondered, do I need to be more assertive and aggressive in getting business? Do I need to um, demonstrate expertise or something more efficiently and I, I, I came to the realization that um, it's pretty simple. Uh, number one, you get what you give in life and I think people see through a lot of facades. What I commonly uh, preach to, to prospective clients and clients is 
money is a necessity in our lives, it's not a value. It's mm -hmm. not um, something that we, like we need it to live, but it's not something I strive for. I don't just want to make money. I want to be fulfilled in my life while I'm here. And what's important to me in life is how I spend my time. And so whether that's at home with my kids and my wife and my dog or at work, I want to do good work for good people and, and uh, enjoy that. And so what I realized was um, the more helpful and resourceful you are to others, it comes back tenfold. So when I first started, I, w I was wondering how can I get X, Y, or Z instead of framing it a different way and what can I give to others and how can I be helpful? Because when, when you you know, when you do what you love and you do it with the people you care about, the money will follow. And, and you'll start to get uh, really genuine referrals and introductions from people because they really uh, have developed a deep relationship with you, they care about you, uh, they trust you, and they like you, and they want other people to share in that experience. I think first and foremost, I started looking about three years in at when I'm running the business, what tasks throughout my day are generating revenue so that I can continue to operate and grow. So I looked at everything I'm doing. Okay, I'm calendaring things, I'm emailing people, whether it's substantive work or setting up meetings and coffees and drinks and lunches. Uh, I'm doing our books, I'm making sure our, our bills are paid. You know, I'm making sure our stuff is organized in the office and then I'm also having to go out and get work and I'm having to do the actual work. So I prioritized, you know, what uh, needs to be done in this, this day to generate revenue. Number one, get more business in the door. Number two, do the work that comes in. Everything else can be delegated or automated or in some way uh, done more efficiently because as attorneys, uh, our inventory is our time. I realized um, I'm not selling a product. I'm not selling something I can just duplicate over and over again quickly. I'm, uh, I'm literally constrained by the amount of time I have in my day. And that's the maximum capacity I have to, to operate and generate revenue. So how am I using my time is probably really important. So I think once I started framing my, my operating model through that lens, I started to see some, some pretty major changes in the way that we were operating and growing. Makes sense. So you talked a little bit about, you know, obviously the only, only, only asset that you have, right? Like you're, the only thing you're able to, to monetize is your time. Mm -hmm. So your time is extremely valuable, right? So you have, you have the demands of running an operation, being in the, in the court, you know, doing some transactional deals with the other clients and all sorts of stuff that you have to attend to. Still, you have to take care of your office. So how, what, what are some of your productivity hacks that you implemented to keep you extremely efficient? I have a bunch of software and uh, automation tools that I use to save me time. Where I, I'll never forget the first time I used a, uh, an email plugin because we're, we're, uh, we operate through G Suite and there's a plugin called MixMax and it allows you to do a number of different things. It allows you to generate you know, calendars and uh, invites very quickly. You can pre-draft and save emails as templates and you can create sequences of emails. And once I started to, to learn how to use that right, I realized it saves me a, a, an enormous amount of time each day to 
kind of figure out a time in my day where I can get all of my emailing done and I can schedule emails to go out at different times or I can create these, these automatic responses or sequences that uh, are genuine. It's not like I have a boilerplate for everyone for the same situation, but it at least gives me a head start on drafting something and that might save me five minutes, 10 minutes, collectively through the day, 40 minutes. Mm -hmm. Once we upgraded our phone software, for instance, it's embarrassing that two or three years in, we, we had an old-fashioned you know, uh, you know, phone line set in our office, so if I worked from home, I'd have to call into my office line several times a day and check my voicemail, like I was living in the, the early 90s or mm -hmm. something. And I realized it took about you know, 20 minutes of my day to check my messages every day if I worked from home. So we upgraded to a VoIP system that I get forwarded to my cell phone and I get the visual voicemails. I mean, something as simple as that saves me 20 to 30 minutes a day. And it also allows me the flexibility if I choose to work from home or somewhere else, I'm not constrained to my office and tethered right there. Um, and then we have uh, a, a number of software licenses for you know, practice management software, which greatly improves our ability to bill and invoice clients, where I can tell you a few years ago, before we implemented some of the software, our invoice day was an entire day. Hmm. And it would take me all day to generate you know, these invoices where I'd go over my time and make sure everything's accurate and, and send them out. Where now, because our software's so efficient, it takes me maybe an hour. And in, in where I'm at now versus a few years ago, I'm doing a much larger volume of business. So it says something hmm. that I have that process. And then lastly, in the substantive space, we use um, artificial intelligence software to a degree in some of our transactional work and our litigation work where it literally replaces physical people in our space because mm -hmm. we give the, the software search parameters and we tell it what we're looking for in a batch of a thousand documents. I'm looking for two specific things mm -hmm. and I tell it what I'm looking for. I start to review maybe five or ten pages and the system learns what I'm doing and then within you know, a minute says, here's what you're looking for, and it doesn't miss. Not only is it helpful to us, but our clients, because I tell them, do you want me to sit in a conference room for 40 hours and go through all of this, or would you rather, for a small fee, pay this software to do it within two minutes mm -hmm. after you upload it? And um, the answer is always the same. That's crazy. So technology has really enabled your firm to do a better job and also save clients money because you're not having to bill for hours that human beings are wasting just doing. Not, not, not that that time is wasted, right. but well, it's, a, it's, it's more efficient. efficiency. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I, I tell clients my goal is when, when I work with clients, it's not about maximizing the revenue with them. It's about doing as much as I can for them. Mm -hmm. our, our, our tagline for our firm is literally accessible and dependable. So I try to be as accessible as I can to clients and dependable in the sense that you know we're here for you. Um, our motive is to help you operate as efficiently as possible mm -hmm. and as, you know, without any risk or as little risk as possible and not get in your way. Mm -hmm. And if we can do that by saving you funds, by, by not having to do things the old-fashioned way, and uh, you know, the, the billable time is shorter because mm -hmm. it's, it's literally being done instantaneously or in a much more efficient way. So obviously our audience is business owners and business leaders, right? So you're, you, you are in that business space doing a lot of you know, transactional laws and litigations. You had experience in all of those areas. 
What are some of the common mistakes that you've seen business leaders do uh, when it comes to um, you know legal issues or contracts or things of that nature? So, um, a, a, a big mistake I see is um, a lot of uh, business owners see legal uh, counsel as a necessary cost of doing business, and they're like. I'd rather not call the attorney if I don't have to. I want to save the funds. I always tell clients, I never assume the worst. I just plan for it. And I, I can't assist you in planning for these things if I don't know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And so part of it is a lot of times uh, clients or, or business owners will, instead of first calling the attorney and saying, hey, here's what I'm thinking of doing. What's your thoughts? which may or may not cost anything. They go ahead and do it and then call the attorney and say, by the way, I brought on a partner. I, I always tell business owners, you're really good at what you do. You don't know what you don't know. And so you may be uh, exposing yourself to risk or doing something uh, contrary to a, a statute or a law and you wouldn't even know it. But this is what we do and we can assist you in that arena and so whether it's bringing on partners responsibly, whether it's entering into a contract that's drafted well, clearly and concisely so that both parties know exactly what their roles and responsibilities are and nobody's confused about any portion of that, whether it's structuring something the, the proper corporate way or uh, making sure that you're exempt or, or properly registering a security, those things all have consequences if not done properly. And our goal is to, to allow our clients to do these things well and um, not get in trouble later. Yeah, it's almost like you know going to see a doctor. Like people mostly wait until they sure. have a problem. But oftentimes, you know, having some sort of a routine check to, to check their blood and find out early on if there's any issues and detect, you know, detecting it and then addressing it, right? So I think- Yes. Not yeah. necessarily it's an exact, exact same analogy, no, but it um, is. It's, it, it will cost a lot more money later to fix something that could have been prevented in the first place for a smaller amount of money. Mm -hmm. I, I generally explain to clients, you can spend a little bit now to do this the right way, or you can assume the risk, and if something goes bad, which I've seen it several times because unfortunately in my line of work, I do deal with a lot of issues that, that have happened and now we have to fix them it always will cost more money. And it's not always at that point that everyone's reasonable. And so you can't just shut something down and end it quickly. Sometimes it's out of your control. You can only control yourself. Mm -hmm. And if the other side has done something or is unreasonable, now you're spending money just to try to stop the bleeding. Most certainly. So I know, you know when, you, when you're an attorney, you said you're, you're doing a lot of things in terms of like I'm having to go get the customer and then also do the service and, and then, you know, then making sure everything is operationally running smoothly. Mm -hmm. So as far as like winning customers, and you said you do great, great customer services, then people will genuinely refer you, refer you business. So if someone in the law space and doing private practice and you know, it's not a big firm, so what are some of the things that really worked well for you outside of just getting referral mm -hmm. to get new customers? Well, I should say too, doing good work for good clients is, is um, a part of it. Mm -hmm. And it's a, a very helpful part because who can vouch for you better than the people you've done work for before? Mm -hmm. and, and I always say this as well, it's not about, um, 
it's not about the substance of the work as, as much as it is about the service behind it, mm -hmm. how you're providing the service to the client. Are you responsive? Are you listening to the client? Are you creative in the way that you work with them? Are you concerned about making their experience you know, as positive as possible? Um, that aside, it's important, I think, the way I describe it is to, to get more customers and clients you need to be on people's radars. Mm. And so what that means is a little bit different for, for different industries and different people. And the way that you stay on people's radars is uh, different for certain types of industries and mm -hmm. businesses. It's gently reminding people that I exist and, and that I'm here and that I do this type of work. And it's, it's delicate because you don't wanna be too persistent where you're bugging people. Mm -hmm. So whether that's done in person, through um, e emails, through uh, social media, any way that we can generate some sort of radar mechanism mm -hmm. that allows people, we're, we're put in front of somebody in a genuine way. Mm -hmm. Because corporate law is not the same as personal injury or workers comp where you can put a bunch of paid ads out mm -hmm. and people will slip and fall or get hurt and they'll think of the firms that they see the most. Mm -hmm. Corporate law is a little bit different, so it's not as effective to do that. However, what we've found as uh, being effective is uh, we have a client digest we send out quarterly to our mm -hmm. clients. It contains useful information, things we've come across, or as we're practicing in that quarter, something we're seeing a lot of, mm -hmm. a lot of issues, same mistakes, things we can help our clients prevent. Um, we send out, uh, you know, other types of email campaigns to our, our networks occasionally and, and we try to keep them simple and not inundate people's inboxes with them. Mm -hmm. But also we have like an Instagram for our law firm and it's much more personal. Mm -hmm. It's so that people can get to know us behind the firm, get to know our families, our pets, you know, um, that sort of thing. And I think it helps people connect with us mm -hmm. a little bit more prove that you're a human being at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I think, again, the most important thing is the relationship. Mm -hmm. And so if people get to know you and they like you and they wanna keep working with you or they connect with you, I know a lot of very good lawyers, um, and, and I tell people all the time, there's 80,000 lawyers in this state, we all do the same thing. It's really gonna come down to who do you like, who do you trust, mm -hmm. who do you wanna work with. Most certainly. How much of your philosophy of business and how you're doing a lot of how you approach your business is, is, is a factor of your faith uh, versus, hey, this is just who I am. I, I think it's important. Um, you know, as uh, growing up, I, I grew up with a strong faith background and I've continued that and I'm currently instilling that in my children. And my philosophy in life is I, I want to do good and I want to be impactful for people. And it's not about me. Mm -hmm. It's not about me feeling good at the end of the day. It's about doing um, good, honest, faithful work for people and um, carrying out that mission that, that I believe in, that it's treating others well and, and really um, spending my time on, on this earth in a productive way. Mm -hmm. One of the questions that I've been asking some of my guests is like, if you had two options, one, a million dollars, or another one being being uh, coached or um, counseled by Warren Buffett, which would you choose? It's a really hard question. I'd love that million dollars right now. Um, <laughs> but 
it, something tells me the the uh, the latter would be better because something I've learned also on the business front is you have to be willing to adapt and change your habits in order to be successful because we all have a, a diverse set of habits that we employ throughout the day, throughout the week, the month, and some of those habits can be damaging how we spend money, how we save money, how we spend our time, how we don't spend our time. And if you work with somebody like that and you're receptive and open and willing to change your habits, I think I, I, I could probably earn more than a million dollars through that endeavor. Any parting wisdom for our audience? Find what you, you really love in life and, and really focus on what's important to you. Uh, an article I read years ago written by a, an author named Paul Graham, he, he talked about life being short and not in the sense that tomorrow's it, in the sense that time moves forward and you can't go back. You can look back, but you can't go back. So as you move through your, your day, week, month, um, hour, that time is never coming back. So in the context of children, for, for instance, you get 52 weekends with your two-year-old. That's it. Mm -hmm. You never get another weekend with them as a two-year-old, so how are you going to spend your time? And the article doesn't advocate you to spend all your time with your kids or all your time at work. It, it, it simply, the message is, um, spend your time as if it moves forward and be aware of that. And I think that really is important for business owners because um, looking back and saying, you know, I've been operating for 10 years, but we really have only been cooking for two. What were you doing in those first eight years? Be aware moving forward that whatever you're doing in the last two years, keep doing that or continue to want to evolve and grow so that you can continue to do better and don't fall back into some of, of those old habits, I guess. Makes sense. Well, thanks again for joining me. So yeah. I appreciate it. I'm, I'm glad I was able to do this. Awesome. This episode of Coffee with Closers is brought to you by One IMS, a leading digital marketing agency helping businesses win new customers. To request a free marketing ROI audit, please visit oneims.com. If you enjoyed this video, please share it. To make sure you never miss an episode, please subscribe.